This is Madeline. And this is Cammie. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 53. So Cammie, have you ever run a marathon? Why, yes, Madeline, I have. But I don't think I'm ever going to do it again. Did you know that social media is like a marathon? Oh, so that's why I feel so out of breath all the time. (laughs) Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cammie Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up communities that convert and look for the groups or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash communities that convert and be sure to use our secret word action yeah action so in this episode we're talking about social media is it a marathon or is it a sprint what exactly is it And so why do people feel like they have to run a sprint in social media? Like, Cami, I have always looked at social media as the long game, right? Like, we need to look at it as the marathon because it takes time, right? We, You know, you hear stories of people like having like this overnight success. It's not really overnight. You know, they grew their followings for a while unless they're buying their followers. But you know, to truly have a real impact on social media, it's going to take time. No, definitely. And we actually did a whole episode on overnight success. So I totally agree with you that overnight success is not really even real. And I think there's that whole uh, fear of missing out that people have. We talked about that in episode 47. And that really, I think, drives it. It's that idea that I have to do this or otherwise I become irrelevant and I get left behind that real fear that you're not going to be able to get where you want to go with your goals. And I totally understand it because sometimes you're just banging your head against the wall on something in social media, feeling like you just don't get it. I kind of felt that way about Instagram for a long time. I have to be really honest. Um, It's only really very recently that I felt like, oh, I'm starting to understand Instagram and like it and actually enjoy it. So I think, you know, you have to give it some time. And you know, I've been doing this and you too, for many, many years, I started in 2005 with my blog. And, you know, then came Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and a bunch of other ones, by the way, that are gone, that I feel like Second Life. Well, Second Life is still out there. Meerkat. Oh, yeah. Second Life. That was really cool. I remember back when that came out. I was like very involved in Second Life. I used to do monthly meetups in Second Life of people from the social media and public relations background. And we would get together just like we do for social media breakfast. And I'd have a guest and we'd have a topic. And I did it every month. Oh, cool. That was really for techie nerds from what I remember. That just shows you how much of a a techie nerd you are. That was a really cool one. (laughs) I I wish that was still around. That one felt like it it was ahead of its time. Oh, it definitely was. Oh, yeah, it, it definitely was. I mean, but, you know, that really is the whole AI sort of, you know, experience. That was early AI. Yeah, very early. So I would say, you know, those kinds of things are 
coming to be now. I mean, I think whenever Pokemon Go came out, what was that, two summers ago? Yeah. I was like, oh, look, it's like Second Life came to like right. life or something. Yeah, as and a game. As a game. Yeah. So I, I just feel like these kinds of things are out there. And the bottom line is, though, that things will continue to shift and change. So don't overinvest in one platform or being fearful that you're going to miss out on a platform. Like right now, IGTV is kind of a thing that could go really big or it could go nowhere. I don't know yet. It's too early to tell. It's too early to tell. But I love to experiment. And I think by experimenting, instead of feeling like you're, you're running a sprint, if you're running a sprint, you don't have time to stop and smell the roses and figure out what actually works for you and for your audience. I think that is where the big you know, hang up really can be. And there's that feeling that you have to beat it and that there's a zero sum game, you know, that if you succeed or if somebody else succeeds, you're not succeeding or, you know, there's only so much success to go around. That's not true. You know, success is an endless supply. It really has to do with your mindset around it. Absolutely. Now, I know most people listening are not the early adopters. They're learning from people like us. They're learning from social media marketers like us that are taking the time to learn all these new platforms as they come out. They do move fast and, you know, they take our insights and hopefully run with some of these. But, you know, it's hard to be omnipresent in on all of these platforms because there's so many of them. But for marketers like you and I, it's like our job. We want to be omnipresent. We want to be on all of these. We want to learn everything so we can share it with our communities, but it does move at lightning speed. And Meerkat was like, here one second, gone the next, you know? So there are a lot of platforms that come and go, but it's a reminder that this is Mm -hmm. a marathon, you know, this is a slower pace and being consistent. You know, the key in all of this is consistency. It's like, you know, have your presence and do it in our case, every day, and I do recommend for people I work with for businesses, have daily consistency in your social media. Yeah, and we'll be talking about that more too here in a minute. But I have a joke to tell you. Can I do that? Yes. Tell us a joke. So I think that this joke kind of tells the whole story about the issue with treating something like a sprint instead of a marathon. And this is the story. So there was a bear and a bear jumps out of a bush and starts chasing these two hikers that were going by. And they both start running for their lives, seriously, because this bear is mad. But then one of them just stops in the middle of running to put on his running shoes. And his friend is like, what are you doing? You can't outrun a bear. His friend replies, I don't have to outrun the bear. I only have to outrun you. (laughs) That's a great (laughs) story, joke, whatever you want to call it. That is funny. Social media, though, it's so true. Yeah, I mean, everybody's trying to outpace each other, right? They're just you know running, 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 and it's like, okay, guys, this is not a sprint. You know, this is a marathon. In the case of the bear, yeah, they were trying to sprint away from the bear, but you know, at the end of the day, you want to just keep going and keep that consistency to keep on going. Well, and it's just that they that people feel like that social media is the bear that's chasing them, that it, it, if, it, if it, they don't keep ahead of it, they're going to get overtaken by it. There have been more people that have come into this business after me that have, you know, kind of watched my stuff and been a part of my groups and done stuff with me that have gone on to eclipse me and do much bigger things. The question is, 
why is that a problem? You know, I'm happy for them. I'm extremely happy for them. And guess what? Now I have a friend in high places. I have a lot of those. out there. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, if they pass you up, I mean, they know who you are. That's a good thing, too. I just feel like we are having the wrong mindset about this. And one of the things I think that's really important is that consistency you were talking about. It's much more sustainable over a long period of a time. If you understand that, hey, if you mix, if you miss that blog post this week, it's not the end of your career. Now, don't give it up completely, but then pick it back up again the next week and keep going. You know, don't let that one failure of, you know, one piece of content not going out cause you to stop doing it. And I think that it's really easy to psych our own selves out about that, right? And like I said before, it's not a zero sum game. You know, just because you succeed doesn't mean I can't succeed too. It's just not finite. You know, there's plenty to go around, right? Exactly. Because listen, if you are going to be running a sprint, you're going to wear out. And if you wear out, where's your consistency? Where's that long game that you really should be doing? So yeah, it's something you definitely got to think about. Now, the long game requires the ability to reinvent yourself, you know, pivoting. You and I have done this throughout our careers. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But when you look at celebrities, like look at Madonna. My gosh, has that woman reinvented herself many times. And it's amazing to watch. You know, she moves with the times. You know, she pays close attention to what's going on and what can she do to stand out as a superstar? Yeah, I agree. And I know you don't 100% agree with me, but I think Britney Spears has kind of done this too because, you know, she I guess. really. Yeah, I know, I know. Give the girl a little cred, okay? But she went from being sort of a messed up, you know, teenager to, you know, getting a family, pulling her life together. And we may not all agree with her ways of doing it, but she has definitely changed around her image from what it was. Not and ironically, ironically, I saw a post about her today on social media, <laughs> which I just think is so funny because I haven't heard anything about her in a long time. And like here we're talking about her today and I actually did see a post about her. So, you know, yeah, she makes her comebacks. And I mean, that is a good example of reinventing or pivoting. There's also Beyonce and Jay-Z. I mean, you know, look at them. Look at what they've done. Oh, I know. Beyonce is like, you know, with Jay-Z have come together to become the Smiths. I thought that was really interesting in their new album. That's really a huge rebranding. And, you know, Beyonce is really doing the uh, hip hop kind of stuff and, you know, rap stuff with Jay-Z. And I think that that's really interesting. I still don't know if it's going to be successful completely for them, but you have to give it to people who see that changes need to be made and that they kind of go with those changes. I find that really interesting. And And hey, we actually wrote down a few things and ways that we changed over the years just to kind of give you guys an idea how it's happened for us. But I want you to think about yourself as we're saying our stuff and think about how you've changed over your career. Because I can imagine, I think the statistic is that each person will have an average of four different careers during their lifetime. Wow, that's a lot. And it may be even more now, but that was a few years back. I think that's probably more now because when we think of the generation of our parents and grandparents, And I was just hearing something on a podcast yesterday about this. It was that, you know, you worked for 30 years at your job and then you retired. And that's the way life was for generations, right? And now you look at where we are today in 2018 and we pivot, we change, we don't stay in the same industries. You know, like I started off in the financial industry. People are very surprised to find out 
that before all of this stuff I did in the techie world, I was in the financial industry. I used to sell annuities and mutual funds to college professors and faculty at state colleges in Texas. That's what I used to do. And I made a big change. I know, like I had like a whole other life, you know, I was married, trying to start a family and all these things, you know, such a different, like a lifetime ago. And then I one day learned some HTML. Now this was before the whole dot-com revolution. Most people had not even heard of a dot-com yet, but I was married to a techie and I learned some HTML and I fell in love with it. And I started creating these, you know, back then in 1995, it was very plain web pages, but I was a real natural with learning the code and very quickly it turned into a business. So I made this huge pivot to become self-employed, to be an entrepreneur. Now, I was not the typical entrepreneur. I was not one of those lemonade stand kids. I never did anything entrepreneurial in my life prior to this. And I was no youngster either. I mean, I was a little bit older and I decided to start my own business. So I started a web design business. I was one of the very first web designers. There were like three of us in Houston. So I was one of the very first. And I also at the same time started my music community called Go Girls Music. And that was a little side project. That was a passion project. And honestly, you'll find this amusing. The reason why I actually started it, a big reason why, wasn't the whole reason why, but a big reason why was as I was learning HTML, I wanted to have a web page where I could play with code that was not my business page. And mm. so I thought, you know, I saw the power of the internet. And I thought, why don't I bring female musicians, specifically guitar players, because I grew up playing guitar. I thought, I want to bring together female guitar players. And as I find cool code, I'm going to put it on my new webpage for musicians. <laughs> um, and it was fun. I was coming, this was back when wave files, that was like little sound clips and there were wave files and there were huge files, but it was fun. And I remember there was one from Rosie O'Donnell saying, you go girl. And I put that on the homepage. I mean, every time I saw something cool, I put it on my website for fun. But I ended up starting this big music community. And who knew? Like, I knew when I was younger that I always had this feeling I would someday be in the music business, but not even though I grew up playing guitar and I saw myself as a musician, it was more as a hobby. But I always had this feeling that when I grow up, that I would somehow be connected in the music business. And then years later, many, many years later, and many pivots later, I end up starting this music community and got very well known in the music business and was asked to speak at countless music conferences, first talking about music business. And then as I learned social media and started teaching it as a business in 2005, I started getting asked to speak at conferences about social media as well. And so that was a completely different career than what I had in finance. And then we fast forward many, many years later. And today, you know, I do social media solely as my business. I'm no longer in the music business. I no longer do web design as a business. So I've done these major pivots and this, this current place I'm in. This pivot was not that long ago. This major pivot I did was in 2015, where I went from being known in social media in the music business to being widely known for social media. I wanted to be with the Mari Smiths and the Kim Garson, and the Mark Schaefers 
I was watching them from afar in business going, I know just as much as these guys. I want to get known like them. I don't want to be just known in music. So in 2015, I started my Twitter Smarter podcast. A few months later, I started the Twitter Smarter Twitter chat. And in a very short period of time, Cammie, this major pivot got me known to where I am today, where I'm like widely known as a Twitter marketing expert, which is amazing. So I've definitely gone through my share of pivots. And I know you have too, and I can't wait to hear about all the things you're doing. But I love that, you know, not only am I doing social media as a business, I'm a podcaster. You and I have this podcast, I have my other podcast. I'm doing these masterminds for women, which is kind of bringing me back to my roots working with women like I did with Go Girls Music. I actually ran masterminds for my music community 10 years ago. So it's been very fulfilling for me to do masterminds today helping women with video. So sometimes we go full circle because I feel like for that, that's been kind of full circle. And I think that's why I'm so excited about my video mastermind program. But what about you? What about all the cool things that you've done over the course of your career? Yeah. So I mean, that's really great to hear that because I do think that the things that we do early in our career will prepare us for the things later on. So I think that it is different. But by the way, I looked up the stat five to seven times. That's what it is now. Five to seven times people will change their careers, totally change their careers, not just change jobs. I thought that was interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. So I started in a nonprofit public relations. And then I got a job with a trade association in Washington, DC. And I rose up through the ranks, became the national spokesperson for this organization. So I talked with the media all around the world. It's really a B2B kind of organization. And during that time, my boss came to me and said, hey, we really should have a magazine that goes out directly to some of these people that aren't our members. We want to have some influence with them. And I'd never published a magazine, but I went and I learned how to publish a magazine. And I became the editor of this pretty major national trade publication that became very well known and became sort of the the linchpin for that entire industry. Then I moved on to be a consultant. And that was in 2002. I got married and moved to San Antonio from Washington, D.C. And my job asked me to take that magazine with me and continue to edit it. So they became my de facto first client. And then I just started looking around and building my business and getting other clients. And that's when I got SeaWorld. They became one of my clients as well. And that just kind of blew up from there. I had a lot of other clients that came through. I started my blog in 2015. And that really took off. For a while there, I was probably in the top 10 of all social media blogs in the, in the world. And then I moved to, to Houston in 2008. And I felt like I was just starting all over again. But I did have my online community. And I knew so, people all over the world, but I knew very few people in Houston. I think I knew one person, maybe. And um, so I went out and I met with all these different people and decided that I wanted to start Social Media Breakfast because there was really nothing like it. And I started that with 30 people in 2009. And today, which is almost 10 years later, we have about 80 to 100 people every month that come to that, including you. I met you through there. I also started Zoetica, which is my current agency, with a couple of partners in 2010 and grew that and then eventually bought out those two partners. And now I'm on my own again with that organization and you know my employees and all that. And then you know I just really came back to wanting to create more content. And that's why when you asked me to do this podcast, I was like, I really, that blog, those blogging years, that's what I loved about it was just creating all that content and 
and really helping people. And that's been really fun. I have to say for the last year, just coming back and doing all that. So we'll talk more about that, you know, later. But I do think that this particular podcast has really gotten me back into the the content creation bug, I guess. And I'm an entrepreneur. I have several different other companies. So from that, I also have my agency, as I said. But from that, I've also spun off a couple of other little ideas, companies. There's a travel blog that I run called texastraveltalk.com. And I also am putting together an online training kind of stuff. And I'm not nearly as far along as you are in that, but I will be there. I'm right on the precipice of it, I think. And so again, I don't know where I'm going from here, but it seems to me that I'm in a pivot moment right now. So yeah, sometimes we don't know where we're going and things kind of guide us along. I never thought I'd be a speaker and I've spoken at so many conferences. You have Mm -hmm. too. I have. You've done a lot in your career. This is fascinating to hear all the different things you've done. So just like me, like just, you know, pivot here, pivot there. I Things have just kind of shaped me and molded me as I went along. And you'd also mentioned earlier that our experiences when we were younger really do help shape us later on. And that's so incredibly true because I remember in my 20s doing all different types of office jobs. And these were not really career jobs. These were like, you know, okay, I worked at a reception desk and learned how to operate a big switchboard. That was difficult, but amazing. Once I learned it, it was challenging, but fun. And I've worked with a wide variety of people. I was, when I was in the financial industry, I actually worked my way up. I first started as a customer service rep at one particular company. And I was doing customer service the day of what was called Black Monday. It was the very first huge market crash back in the 80s. It was, I'll never forget, October 19th, 1989 or 87, 87 or 89 huge market crash. And the whole next day was me spent being on the phone talking to people about the money that they thought they lost in the crash. And being able to talk to people about their money in a customer service setting really sets you up for valuable skills later on in your career. So I credit so much of these odd jobs with really helping me become an entrepreneur later in life. No, I agree completely. In fact, whenever I first got out of college, I got out in 1994 and there was really the the market was really bad then too. It was hard to get a job. And I had my first job at America's Charities. And one of the things that we did is we put together a website and we met these people at Network Solutions. And I don't know if you know what Network Solutions is. I remember Network Solutions very well. But Network Solutions was a company that, for those of the young crowd here, they used to be the only company that the could only sell one. domain names. So now and you it can was get expensive. From and Hoover. Oh yes, they were they were not you, cheap. You had to pay for the first two years. It was seventy dollars mm-hmm. for two years. You couldn't yeah. do it any other way. They had the market on this. Like you you had to go through them, you pay seventy dollars, and then after the two years were up, then it was thirty five a year. And Kimmy, they really cornered that market and had it all to themselves for a very long time. Yes, they did. And they weren't allowed and nobody else was allowed to do it. Yeah. And of course, they that obviously has opened up in a big way. But they were located in Virginia, where I was at near DC, and uh, we were a nonprofit. And by and at that time, in order to get a .dot org, you had to prove you were a nonprofit. So we went in and we sat down with them. They actually came to our office. That's this is how crazy this is. We sat down with them and we bought charities.org. You can go back there and see wow. charities.org, and you can see it belongs to America's Charities, which was the 
company that I worked for at the time or the, the um, nonprofit. And um, I was working like 35 hours a week for them, just so just under full time. And I needed more money, really, because I was just out of college and I needed more money. And the guys at Network Solutions said, hey, why don't you come and code websites? And I'm like, I don't know how to code websites. I don't even know what you're talking about. Code what? They said, yeah, it's, H- <laughs> it's HTML. And I'm like, HTML, okay. I don't know how to do that. They said, oh, we'll teach you. We'll teach you. Come on. So yeah. I went over there a couple times a week and coded websites for them um, wow. for, for quite a while, for you know six or eight months or something like that. So you're and, probably like me where you could do HTML off the top of your head, right? Yeah, like I can't. But of course now it's CSS I can't do at all, you know, because no. I've completely lost it at this point. But, but yeah. back in the olden days, it was notepad and just typing out HTML I, I, code. I, 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 that's yeah. what I did. Wow. You know? You know, making two sure peas you, in a pod with that one, Cam. Yeah, really, it was crazy. And then I also, my other part-time job was working for an agency that would send me out to these different places because I knew how to use Adobe. And they would send me out, and I would go, and they would give us the ability to put together web, not web pages, but like brochures and things. So that was still the printed age. So I'd go and design brochures. I, they were already designed, but they'd say, "Here, put this together. Here's your photos. Here's." It's all laid out for you in PageMaker, if you remember that oh, one. Oh, yes. I remember that and, one. And um, so I'd go in, in PageMaker and lay out brochures and ads and whatever they asked for. Because I used to work for the student newspaper when I was in college and I was the ad director. So I, I knew how to make ads and work with PageMaker. So I would just say, you know, you never know what kinds of skills you're going to pick up. And so now, you know, when I open up Canva.com, which is what I use now, for me, laying things out is pretty easy. I've done that before, right? <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Well, this has been interesting talking about our backgrounds. I'm sure for those of you listening, you're probably pretty wild not knowing that we both have this, you know, very vibrant backgrounds of doing so many cool different things. But I would imagine that the people listening have done so many cool different things I too bet. in your career. I, I would bet. love to hear I would about love that, actually. to hear. Yes. Please. I yeah. think that, you know, When we get to our call to action in just a bit, we need to add that to it. Like, be sure to uh, let us know in our private Facebook group, like, you know, share with us, you know, what have you've done over the years? Because I'm sure it's just as fascinating. So next up, we're going to talk about how to become a marathoner. You know, let's talk about the long game. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Cami, consistency, so incredibly important. Like, you've got to be consistent. If you're not, you're not going to be seen and heard. So I'm a big fan of long game, post stuff every day, have a plan, be consistent. It works every time. And uh, we've talked about pivoting, you know, watch where your community goes and follow them, you know, see where they are, what platforms are they on and always keep an eye, a very close eye on what they're up to, where they're at, so that you can be there too. And maybe you need to make a pivot. When we were talking about me having my Twitter Smarter Chat over on Twitter, yet I do my Facebook Live, I do the live stream over on Facebook, you know, and we talked about this before, you know, I explained that, you know, I'm going to where my audience is and they're on Facebook, then I want to do video on Facebook. So no, I totally agree. And that's why I'm doing IGTV, for example, on right. Instagram. I mean, I never went a million years would have thought I'd be doing something like this on Instagram even a month ago. 
So you have to be watching what's going on with your community. And my community right now is really hot on Instagram. They're all over there talking to each other. I need to be there. I need to be there. I can't be absent because that's something you need to watch. And so I'm doing a little bit less than Facebook. I have to be honest right now. But I'm Um, doing the same thing too, Cami, because Instagram is super hot right now. You're so right. And I'm doing the same thing. I am seeing my community there. I'm seeing so many people I know there, the people that would be interested in my programs, my online courses and masterminds. So I have been starting to spend a lot more time on there and I'm seeing the benefits. You know, when you're on Instagram, this has been kind of a little mini challenge for myself. But when you first, you know, go over to your profile at the top, it says how many profile visits in the last seven days. Yes. Yes. And I've given myself a little mini goal that every day I want to see that number climb. I never really paid much attention to this before, but now because I'm spending more time and effort on my profile, I want to see that number go up. So, you know, little things like that can really go a long way and help you when you're doing the marathon. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I'm really happy too with, um, you know, just watching where people are going. And I did the same thing with Twitter. I mean, whenever all my community started jumping on Twitter in 2007, they're all early adopters for the most part back then. I was there. I mean, even though I didn't really know what to do with it, I just got on and started playing around with it. And that grew pretty massively. I have a pretty good Twitter platform now because of the the work that I did then and, and since. But the third thing, so we've got consistency, pivot. And the third thing is to notice your passion. And that can change over time. So like right now, I'm really big into video. But a year ago, yeah, maybe you couldn't have gotten me onto video that much except for the live stream I did at Social Media Breakfast every month because I saw the benefit of that. But just sitting in front of a camera still isn't my favorite thing. I have to be honest. Talking to the screen is, you know, you look at your face and you're like, yeah, I don't want to see my face. But <laughs> right. You know, that's, it's, that's a lot of hard. people. A lot of people say that. Like it's easy for me you're to sit in alone. front of you and talk to you. Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking at you. You're responding to me. You're shaking your head. Yes. Right. You know, I'm doing the same back at you. So you feel like you're talking to somebody. When you do this, you're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. See, I can do it very comfortably. I mean, I can sit here and see myself on my phone and I don't overthink it. I just say what I want to say. But, and I think it's easier for those of us that have been doing public speaking a long time that, you know, and in, in being in media, you know, I know you've done a lot over the years. I mean, yeah. I've been on TV yeah. countless times. I mean, I've been on I radio was a, countless I was, I was times. I was a national spokesperson for an entire industry. I was on TV go. a lot. Yeah. But it's still, whatever reason, it's still this phone in front of me is more intimidating. Oh, so that's interesting. I, yeah. I, I don't know why. It's, it's very interesting. And I think that's true for a lot of people. And it's probably practice. I mean, it's just like, um, sure. you know, being the host at Social Media Breakfast, I don't sweat that as much as I used to when I first started, you know? So I think. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a lot to be said there, but notice your passion. Yeah. But practice is definitely key for like doing videos where you see yourself on your phone. That's in my mastermind training program. That's like the whole first week is just practice, 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 because it really helps you get more comfortable with making those videos when all you do is see yourself on your phone. But yeah, notice your passion. You know what's interesting about, I love that you you have this as our third item here. I, for quite a while, was not interested in editing video. And 
I'm starting to feel more passion for this. I'm really enjoying it because I found this a way for me to be creative. And so I love with notice, you know, paying attention to these things. So I'm spending more time learning how to do video editing. And then now I can use this for my business. So it's almost like a hobby, but that I can put it over to my business. Hey, that sounds a lot like that website of Go Girls back in the day. So you know what I mean? You've got the same stuff going on. So what I just want to kind of close out here by saying, you know, sometimes you need to run a sprint to get something done for sure, but never more than two weeks to 30 days. So like if you're really running to get something done, like learning how to do video or like for me, IGTV right now, this is huge for me. I'm, I'm learning how to get it all together and make it happen. I'm going to be focusing hyper on this for the next two weeks to 30 days. But after that, you really don't want to continue to run at that same pace. You want to make sure that you slow down and figure out how you're going to make that sustainable over the long frame. And one of the things I like to use is something called Scrum. It's something that they use in the software development industry where it's an agile, fr- they call it agile framework for managing work with an emphasis on software development. They, they use this where you take three to nine people, you break your work down into actions, like you can use a, you know, a sauna like I do, or you could use Trello like you do, put all these different tasks together. And then at the end of that two week to 30 day period, you create something, you know, you create an actual product. You don't talk about it. You don't think about it. You actually get it done. And it may not be perfect, maybe, you know, even B minus work, let's say, which is what I heard in uh, Amy Porterfield's podcast not too long back. She talked about B minus work with one of her guests and how hard that is for perfectionists to do. I know. That was such a great episode. That was with Brooke Castillo, who I absolutely fell in love with after listening to that episode. And now I listen to her podcast, but such great advice for sure. So Think about that. And so we're going to do action, right? So tell us about our action this week. Yes, we love the action takers. And you know, what we're doing with each episode is we're starting a post over in the Facebook group. You know, we're, we're getting that conversation started there, but it's basically continuing this conversation. So head over to our Facebook group and come chat with us and tell us what has changed over the course of your career because we were just sharing all the things that Kimmy and I have both done and they're interesting for sure. And we want to hear about your interesting background, your different career paths. What all have you done? So be sure to join us on Facebook. And if you're not already a member, Cammy, in there like some kind of special secret password to get in? Yeah, there is. And it's, I'll tell them if they promise not to tell anybody else. Okay. Yeah. Don't tell, don't tell anybody else. Okay. It's action. That's so simple. So know, you go to our easy, you guys. go to our Facebook, you go to our Facebook communities that convert and you know you get those little questions that pop up and one of them is going to say what is the password. Yep. And that what it says like the word it yeah, says password. Like right? Our secret it's called our secret or, word. Our secret word, secret word. What is a secret word? So be sure to put action. Okay. So action. That is all we have for this week. And we've gone a pretty good while here. So I want to get you back onto your day so that you can take action. But next week, we are going to be back in the same place, same time. And we're hoping to hear from you and have a great week. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you all so much. And if you haven't done so yet, your favorite podcast player, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you're in Apple Podcasts, iTunes, 
be sure to hit the rating and review and we read them all. So we would love to hear your kind words about our podcast. But thank you for listening. We appreciate you so much. So get out there and build your tribe. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know, you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Music